Welcome to the PGF podcast. My name is Paige and I'm an online women's health and fitness coach. This podcast is here to help you lose body fat, nurture your mindset and improve your relationship with food, exercise and your body. If you're ready for coaching, you can find more information in the show notes. This is the check-in episode for TNG. So we just go through the questions that people have sent in on their check-ins. And I'm so pleased this week. This is the first week of the new intake. Um, So we had a bunch of um, new girls join us last week. um, And the turnout for check-ins is almost 100%, I think, which is absolutely great i'm really really pleased um and there's such a wide variety of questions as well so i think it's really going to be a good one um so let's get into it buckling because i think it's going to be quite long um but hopefully it's going to be really useful and it's going to cover a lot so the first question is what to do when life is lifing um so when you're busy there's a lot on it's probably a little bit stressful all of those sorts of things so my go-to is always setting non-negotiables it's something that we did in tng um well we've been doing throughout it quite a few of the girls have like minimum non-negotiables that they hit every week and i think it just kind of takes the pressure off the idea of being perfect so the way that tng works is there's three workouts two are like kind of compulsory and one is optional and when people start they're like oh, i'm gonna get all three i'm gonna get all three in and that's fine for a couple of weeks but then often you know life happens life starts life in and you just don't have the capability for that so instead of just going from three to none which is what most people do we set non-negotiables so whether that's two workouts a week or one workout a week whether it's if you know if you've got a step goal reducing that down from like 10k to 8k or to 6k um or something like that then that can be a really positive thing to do but i think when life is lifing remember that you do always always have a choice now that's not to say that the right choice is always to go to the gym or the right choice is always to go for a walk. Sometimes the right choice is resting and sometimes the right choice is ordering in food, right? Sometimes the right choice is going out for dinner with your friends. Like the right choice is is going to change, but you do always have a choice. So unless you're, you know, got a couple of kids working full time, single parent, like unless life is absolutely mental, it's probably quite likely that you do have some time to do something. So just try and think like, what can I realistically fit in? Um, where am I going to fit it in? And then just do your best to do that. And it's okay if some weeks you don't quite hit the non-negotiables um, because some weeks are going to be like that. But try and remember that you do always have a choice. And like I said, in saying that, like, it's not always going to be about going to the gym. Sometimes it's going to be about using that time to rest because you really need it. And just try and listen to your body and don't make yourself feel guilty if you don't get quite as much as you want in or as much as you usually expect of yourself because your capability is always going to be changing. And I think I spoke about this on a podcast a while ago. Um, and this is an analogy I got from um, the lovely Stu Graham. Um, and he basically came up with this analogy of like, instead of seeing things like a switch, like you're either on or you're off, that instead each part of your life can be made up of dials. So you might have a work dial, a fitness dial, um, a health dial, um, a relationship dial, all of those sorts of things. Um, and 
when one gets turned up say work is getting turned all the way up like you're doing late nights you're doing early mornings like people are expecting a lot of you the others may have to go down a little bit you may have to do less workouts you may you know not have time to meal prep you may not be able to see your friends as much all of those sorts of things um but it's not the case of switching them off we're just dialing them down and it's okay that sometimes you have to do less than what you want but just don't stop so try not to beat yourself up about it be compassionate to the fact that it's happening but also remember that you do have a choice um and that you can always you know do something um you can always do something about it and always make the best of that situation um the next question is about just maintaining inner calmness and um, so one of the guys has an interview this week it's actually today it's today um so uh so yeah good luck to that um I'm sure it'll go really, really well. Um, so something that I really like for creating inner calmness is um, compassionate touch, which again, I've spoken about on the podcast before. Um, and what you could do in an interview is like hold your forearm and just having that kind of touch on your own body and kind of feeling into that feeling um, can really, really help and kind of breathe into it. Before you go into the interview, you can use breath work. Doing extended exhales helps calm the nervous system, um, making sure that the exhale is longer than the inhale helps calm your body down so um they could be some things to do to help create some calmness for the interview um, and also being active in the morning to get some of that like nervous energy out can also be um can also be really useful as well but i hope the interview goes well and please let us know um how you found it um how to overcome tiredness so when it comes to anything to do with sleep like routine is your best friend so trying to go to sleep at the same times wake up at the same times and have good sleep hygiene so no screens before bed making sure the room is dark um making sure you're not like you know listening to loud music or anything like that making sure that things are calm you can play around with things like white noise pink noise brown noise different people react differently to to those um but this question was also specifically to do with hormonal fluctuations now some people do struggle to sleep around that period and this is because their basal metabolic rate rises which basically which means that their body temperature also rises so they find it difficult to get to sleep because they're too hot so maybe trying having like a slightly cooler room so if you have the heating on in the evenings maybe turning off a little bit earlier so the room's a little bit cooler um in the summer please let it be warm but like making sure that the windows are kept open so there's a bit of a breeze but just generally making sure that you, you're not getting too hot can be helpful because of the impact of um the menstrual cycle on basal metabolic rate um and the impact of that on your temperature um but that's at particular parts of your cycle and probably isn't going to be affecting your sleep you know the entire time um so it could be something else if um if you are you do feel like you're being affected by that quite a lot in terms of the impact on um, of hormones on just general well-being, I think something to focus on, and this is what I was saying to one of my one-to-ones, and she's been with me for so long, and she's so consistent with training and nutrition and just like literally everything. And she she was basically kind of saying that she feels like she's not looking after herself very well at the moment. And I, I said to her, like, are you not looking after yourself? Or has looking after yourself become so second nature that you don't kind of take the time to thank yourself for it? Because a lot of people, when they start out with fitness because it's so different to what they were doing before they really notice the fact that they're doing it and they're really grateful to their body and to their mind and just themselves that they're like not making themselves but that they're putting themselves in the position to 
you know develop these habits and so when you come back from the gym you feel amazing so you're like I've just gone to the gym like I haven't been to the gym in ages or whatever it might be like oh I'm eating really well at the moment or I'm getting loads of steps in that moment whatever it might be and um you feel really good about it because it's new and it's different and it it feels quite challenging but when you get used to those things you stop congratulating yourself for them in the same way you stop feeling so good about them because they become second nature and while it's great that they're second nature because it takes less effort to do them also means that we're no longer like thankful to ourselves for the fact that we're looking after ourselves so whilst you're doing these things like whilst you're getting your workouts in and um this person in particular whilst you're getting your runs in um and whilst you're going out for dog walks and things like that like be grateful to yourself for the fact that you're putting yourself first and and that can help improve well-being because you're consciously aware that you're doing the work and that you're doing things that are good for you. So that can help. And then the other thing is just making sure that no matter how you feel, if you wake up and you're really tired, if you wake up and you feel really stressed or you just feel a bit out of sorts, that there are non-negotiables that you stick to. So whether it's making sure that you go for a walk in the daylight or whether it's, you know, really simple, just making sure you get outside, even if you're not walking, you just stand outside your front door and look up at the sky to get some vitamin D on your face or whatever it might be, like making sure that there's something in your day that is something that can almost like flick the switch of your day. So like for one of the guys on TNG, I know that it's going to the gym. For me, it's going for a walk in the daylight <laughs> or just getting out of the house because sometimes I really struggle to do that because I work from home, like, and I just struggle to force myself to do that. But if you pick the one thing, like have a little think, what is the one thing that could literally turn my day around? It could be speaking to a friend. It could be having a nice coffee from a nice coffee shop. Now, you know, it could be kind of expensive after a while, but just to kind of get you into that routine of like feeling like you're looking after yourself and giving yourself a bit of a treat. Um, and then making sure you stick to that, no matter how tired you are, no matter how you feel, making sure that you always do it can kind of help. Um, the next question is how does menstruation affect workouts so at the moment there's a massive trend on instagram about kind of tailoring your workouts around your menstrual cycle and how during menstruation you shouldn't be lifting you should be doing you know more relax relaxing movement like yoga or pilates or something like that now that has at the time of recording no evidence to suggest that that is necessary and yeah you may feel more tired like the week before your period and during your period you may feel less strong in the gym things may feel a little bit more of a slog you may feel lower motivation all of those sorts of things but that doesn't mean that you need to completely change your workout and if you you know menstruate on a on a 28 day cycle and you menstruate for seven days that's a quarter of your year that you're taking out to like kind of not for no reason like obviously if you really struggle struggle with PMS, if, if it's really uncomfortable, then I'm not saying push through that. But if you just, you know, get a little bit of cramping on day one, then maybe don't train on day one and maybe move your training around that week. Um, but you don't need to be completely overhauling your usual training schedule. Um, and it's completely fine to strength train during your period. And sometimes kind of getting in the gym, getting that movement, having that positive feedback from your body and and those um endorphins and all those sorts of things can be really beneficial for kind of like maintaining motivation through your menstrual cycle and easing cramps and things like that so don't listen to the misinformation they're usually trying to sell you a, a period or like menstrual program or something which is just absolute rubbish so yeah don't listen to that but like i say you may be weaker things may feel harder but just listen to your body so our muscles when you you know, say you shoulder press six kilos, 
your muscle doesn't know that you just shoulder pressed six kilos. All it knows is that it experienced tension. And as a result of that tension, it needs to adapt and grow and get stronger because it was challenged. Okay. So it feels the tension and it feels the challenge. And so if next week you come and you feel weaker and you're doing five kilos, but it feels as challenging as last week, your muscles are still noticing that challenge. It's still noticing the need to adapt. It has no idea what you're lifting. So try and move away from this idea of like, oh, I'm getting weaker, maybe I shouldn't be here, or like letting that dishearten you and just think I'm gonna put in the same effort, I'm gonna put in the same focus um, and just, you know, make it through the session. If the session's not going very well, if you really don't wanna be there, you can leave. No one's gonna force you. You know, you don't even have to tell me, I'd never know. I mean, you just try and make it through. But if you need to leave, you can leave. Um, And just keeping up with gentle exercise can be beneficial for relieving PMS symptoms. So um, going out for a gentle walk or doing some yoga. I'm not against yoga. I think it's a really good thing to do, but you don't need to overhaul your strength training in order to, um, like, because of your menstrual cycle. Um, But that is advice for people, you know, who experience periods on a general basis like if you have pmdd or really extreme pms or endometriosis then you can experience periods in a very different way um but you will know that you need to not train do you know what i mean your body will be telling you but if it's a case of like oh i feel a bit tired today should i train then try and if you don't like it you can leave um the next question is like how to build confidence around lifting more um i don't train in the gym i train at home so it's not worrying about other people it just feels scary so i think when people try and lift more they often think that they need to stick to the same rep range that they were using before but i think if it's a case of like just feeling a little bit daunted by like the next way up then just pick it up so for example if you're doing a goblet squat like pick up the next dumbbell up and just see what it feels like just get used to how heavy it feels um a lot of strength athletes now they do this with like you know very professional weightlifters and they'll have like hundreds and hundreds of kilos on their back just to get to get used to the loading and to get used to kind of taking that load on their body but they'll get under a barbell with like loads of weight loaded up and they'll unrack it walk back and then walk back into the rack and they're called like walkouts or something like that and it's literally to get them used to feeling that weight and I think you can do the same thing but on like a regular person level just feeling what the weight feels like you know you don't need to you don't need to squat it or you don't need to RDL it but just feeling what it feels like in your hands feeling what it feels like through your body to hold that weight and just getting used to that increase because a lot of the time it is just a mental block and it's nothing about the fact that you can't lift it the next thing I'd do is is just try a couple of reps like if the rep range says eight to ten you don't need to do eight to ten you could literally just do three and see how that feels for you and if it feels fine then maybe do a couple more and then see if you can work up to 10. But just getting your body used to that increase in weight, that increase in weight is going to be quite a beneficial thing to do. But also remember that a little bit of anxiety and nervousness is completely normal. Whenever I go for a weight, especially if it's one that I've never touched for that exercise before, so say I'm doing like incline press and I'm hitting like 15 kilos and then I want to go up to 17 and a half, like that's quite a big jump. And I do get nervous because like, especially if I'm doing a press, those Bob, um, this dumbbell is going to be over my face or like over my head. Like if I drop it, it, it feels like the stakes are quite high. Now, because I'm scared, I'm probably not going to drop it because I'm holding on to it for absolute dear life. But 
you do get that little bit of nervousness and it's really normal and I don't think it goes away and actually it's quite a positive sign that you're pushing yourself because if you didn't get nervous about it and if you didn't feel a little bit like yeah nervous excited then you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough so I'd say it's quite a good sign and then the final thing is just try to reframe it the way that nervousness and the way that excitement show up on our body is actually quite similar so just fully gaslight yourself and just be like I'm really excited to lift this weight and that's why I have that feeling in my, my tummy and that's why I feel a bit nervous about it but start small just feel what the weight feels like try it for a rep or two see if you can increase that and just try and focus on the feeling of excitement and actually like you're progressing and and that's why your weight needs the, the weight needs to go up you know like if you were staying the same then you wouldn't have this need to go heavier but you're too strong for the weights that you're lifting so that's a really positive thing the next question is how to overcome low motivation when it is dark. So the first thing I wanna say is you're probably, especially when you start, never, never ever going to be motivated by the action that you need to take. So like most people aren't motivated to go to the gym when they start. They're motivated to build muscle or lose weight or build their confidence or squat a certain number. They're not actually motivated for the action that it takes, which is getting dressed, going to the gym, doing the workout, driving home, whatever, right? And so try and focus on the outcome or try and at least remember that what you're doing has an outcome to it. You're not just going to the gym for the sake of it. You're going because you have a goal and doing this is going to get you to, to your goal. So try and, you know, remain linked to the purpose. The next thing that I would think about, again, a little reframe, is that if you can do it in winter, you can definitely do it at any other time of the year. This is without doubt, the hot, especially in January. I feel like people think January is easy because there's loads of New Year's resolutions, but just because you've set a goal doesn't mean it's suddenly easier to achieve that goal. It's dark, it's cold. There's no more excitement of Christmas. <sighs> January just feels like it's taking forever. Like it's the hardest time. Um, so if you can do it now, if you can get up when you get back from work, get dressed, take yourself off to the gym, then you can absolutely do it in summer when it's still light out and when it's warm and when, you know, you're heading towards holiday season and all of those sorts of things. So you're putting in unreal practice right now to make the rest of the year so much easier. And this is the same thing that I say for people who are really busy is like, if you can do it when you're really busy, you can definitely do it when things quieten down. Um, and that's an absolute superpower to have. And then the final thing is just the classic, like no one is motivated and motivation is fleeting and you cannot rely on it. And the only way to create motivation is to take the action first, because when you take the action, you start getting results and results are motivating. If you start going to the gym and you find that the strength you've built is increasing, that's motivating and that will make you want to keep going to the gym, but you have to put in the action first because results don't come without it. So probably not the fun answer you're hoping for, but unfortunately the only true answer. Uh, the next question is about creating a balanced diet and like if there's any kind of like little hacks or tips to do that. So recently with some of my one-to-ones, I've been um, kind of utilizing the three-three-five method. And this is basically where you think of three, lunch, uh, three breakfasts, three lunches and five dinners that you like. And then you just mix and match basically so the parameters for each meal should give or take depending on your goal be 50% fruit and veg 25% carbs 25% protein and a thumb-sized amount of fat if you can think of 
three breakfasts, three lunches and five dinners that are made up of that composition, but can be whatever you want. So it could be spaghetti bolognese with a side salad, right? You could uh, fry the garlic and onion that you start with in um, like a tablespoon of oil or half a tablespoon of oil. So that's your fats all good. You could have 25% of your plate could be spaghetti, 25% of your plate could be bolognese and 50% could be a side salad. And you'd be absolutely stellar. Think of five different meals that fit that sort of basis and you've got five dinners that you can choose from from that you can create shopping lists which make your um weekly shop so much cheaper i actually did a plan like a food plan last week um just for dinners and it <laughs> our shop was like probably a th- uh, not a third um like it was two thirds of what it usually is just because i wasn't just buying random stuff for the sake of it um it also prevents food waste because you're not going to eat it and you can be more mindful of your nutrition without spending every single second thinking about it um, because you you have, you know, enough variety, but also, you know, you like them and you have something that you can kind of go to um, when you're a bit like, oh, I just don't really know what to have. Like you have some options. Um, so that is what I would recommend doing. Think of three breakfasts, three lunches, five dinners and try and make them fit 50% fruit and veg, 25% carbs, 25% protein and a thumb of fat. And you'll be good to go. Um, the next, it wasn't really a question, but more of a um, more of a goal for this week is to use your phone less upon waking. So a couple of things on this is that you can get app blockers. I'm pretty sure one is called Opal, and it just blocks your ability to go on apps and it blocks notifications from them. And you can just set timers on that. There are loads of different app blockers. If you have an iPhone, there's an inbuilt app blocker. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's quite easy to override because I used to have it and then I just kept overriding it. So I was like, I'm just going to turn this off. Um, but some of them you, you literally can't override. I think the only thing that you can use is like emergency phone calling, but that's literally it. Um, so that could be worth doing just whilst you get into the habit of it. But I definitely agree that like not going on your phone when you first wake up makes such a huge difference. Um, I try not to go on any social media or answer messages like within the first hour that I wake up. And it does make such a huge difference because otherwise like you've just woken up and then you're just like filling your brain with things that are either like news, so like incredibly depressing or just like stressful things that you, you want to have at least like, you know, had a wee, had a drink, <laughs> big cup of coffee before you start thinking about stuff like that. So um, I definitely think it's a really positive thing to do. The next question is, should you use a barbell pad for squats? So this is like putting it on the bar before putting it on your back. So I think that a barbell on your back can be uncomfortable. And if you have like 40 kilos on your back, that is going to feel like something Like we can't expect that to not feel like to not feel anything from that, because that's that's a lot of weight that's being pressed into you. But it shouldn't feel painful as such. And it is often painful because people have it on the wrong placement. I think in my experience, people tend to have it too high. So it sits on on the kind of um, you know, like top vertebrae of their spine that kind of sits into the, the bottom of their neck. Um, and that, that can be quite uncomfortable or they sit it, almost try and sit it on top of their shoulders. And again, you have a bone on the top of your shoulders, which sticks up. So that, that can be uncomfortable as well. So I would, my general advice would be that the bar's probably too high. And when you're set up, make sure you really push your torso through, um, before taking the bar off the rack so that, um, the bar sitting further down your back if that makes sense and um, make sure that you're squeezing your shoulder blades back together and lifting your elbows up towards the sky because that is going to help kind of squeeze your back muscles together and then the bar can sit on the back muscles 
straight on top of your bone and on top of your skin um but um but that should help i don't ever recommend a pad for squats because with your shoulders pulled back and your elbows up and you're holding onto the bar the purpose of that is to pull the bar into your back as much as possible so that the bar basically becomes almost like an extension of your body and in doing that you create stability which is obviously quite important when you have huge um huge bumper plates like two and a half foot away from you on either side you don't want instability you don't want that bar to be moving about and swaying about because as the weights get heavier that's going to make you really unstable. So you want that stability. You want the metal of the bar to be pulling into you so that you can create stability. So the pad pushes, one, it pushes the bar away from you. And two, because it's spongy, it creates that ability to move, which we just don't want. Barbell pads for hip thrusts are absolutely fine. Um, but I, like from what I can think of right now, that's probably the only time I would ever use them. Um, definitely wouldn't use them on a squat. Um, but like I say, it's not that it should be painful, but it probably is going to be a bit uncomfortable and it does take a little bit of getting used to. So just bear that in mind. Um, the next question is about faffing pre-gym. I always faff too much and then leave it so late that I end up going to the gym late. Sorry, whenever I do these podcasts, I feel like I'm like on a race, especially when they're quite long. <laughs> so in terms of um, faffing, One of my recommendations, even if you weren't going straight from work to the gym, I would take your gym clothes to work and then get changed into them there. Because often I find that I'm a faffer because I'll come home and then I'll get changed and I'll get distracted while I'm doing that and start putting some stuff away. And then I like go down to make my drink and then I kind of forget what I'm doing. And then I might randomly get a snack, but then I can't decide what I want. So that, do you know what I mean? And it just goes on and on and on. I'm such a faffer sam takes the mick at me for it all the time so if you can pack your gym clothes in your bag even if you then go home to i don't know pick up the other car or to get your gym bag or whatever fine at least you're dressed or have everything laid out like have your gym clothes laid out on your bed have your water bottle ready in the fridge have the snack that you're gonna have before you go to the gym sorry i just threw a pen at myself um on the side so that it's just there and it's literally like i can come in i go upstairs i get changed i come down i take my bottle out of the fridge i grab my snack and off i go and just try and make it as fluid as possible for yourself because otherwise like it is just gonna get later and later and later um so just make it easy as possible or the alternative is just to go straight from the gym um not from the gym go straight from work so like pack all your stuff make sure you have it with you and just finish work and off you go um and then the final question we made it guys is how to improve your grip strength without dead hangs um because i just feel like i'm not ready for that yet which is fine so the alternative that i would use is farmer's carries so this is basically you can use a dumbbell or a kettlebell um and you have the same weight kettlebell or dumbbell in each hand and you want it to be heavy like you want to be struggling to hold on and then you're just going to walk up and down or you could do farmer's holds and literally just stand there and hold it but you might as well walk while you're doing it so walk up and down um and then just hold on for as long as you possibly can and do maybe three rounds of that and then call it a day and either aim to hold them for longer and longer or aim for the weight to get heavier and heavier i would probably go for heavier and heavier to start with and then longer and longer because obviously you're trying to build it up to a weight that you would use when you lift things so like if you're starting with eight kilos but your rdls are like 40 kilos you want to get up to the point where you're holding 20 kilos in each hand you know 
so um so yeah definitely do farmers carries and if you want a demo of that just let me know in the group and i'll send a video in um but yeah that is everything thank you so much for listening if you made it to the end then you're a g um and i'm really excited for the next week of tng thanks so much for listening and i'll speak to you all soon